0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to almost Friday. That's what I call it. Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom, like that guy just said. 608-757-914 is the talk and text line that I should bring up so that I can read your texts. I'll be able to hear your talks if you call me. 608-785-7914. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk about education with the Lacrosse Teachers Union president. That's the easy way to say it. The hard way to say it is the local Lacrosse Education Association president. And uh, we'll talk about Act Ten. Can we talk about Act Ten for a little bit? We can talk to, talk about the effects of Act Ten. Uh, what a decade later or so? Was it a decade ago? And The whole COVID thing, that that whole thing that teachers are having to go through, is it easier now on teachers' virtual learning? I highly doubt it. might be easier on students, definitely not easier on parents. Uh, So we could talk about how the teachers' union president is helping navigate the COVID pandemic and virtual learning and how that's going. I, I know... Oftentimes when we talk about this, we'll get calls about how our children aren't getting the education they need because the education style has changed. And I think that's kind of a slap in the face to the people that are providing the education. They're trying to teach over the internet, which seems like, all right, hey, you know that thing where you do the thing in the classroom with the books and all the kids are in front of you, and anyone that needs help can raise their hand, and you can go to them, and they can come to you after class, and you can kind of feel them out, and you can see how their their you know body language and their inflection in their voice, and and you know their problems, and probably probably a lot of kids don't even go to t- teachers. Teachers have to figure this out for themselves by reading all those signs, right? And uh, none of that's happening. That's all. That stuff's all in the parents a little bit, right? The parents got to read that. And, and try to figure that out. And the teachers gotta find a way to convey convey their knowledge onto the students on a little screen. Um, so, yeah, I, I would imagine it's different. I don't know if it's worse. I think it's probably for some better, especially older kids and and then for younger students, you know that that interaction with each other is, is obviously probably the most important part of school aside from the whole learning to read. Might need to learn to read, but that, that interaction with other kids, I think, is maybe one of the most important things. But what do I know? So that's coming up. Uh, we do have a call, so we can take this call. Scott, go ahead. Yep. You're on the air. Well,
1: I got a uh, little story. I come into work this morning and um, I'm hearing a story from the girl who works for me that there's a, someone in her close family works at uh, one of the local high schools, let's just say. One of the students, complete F's for the whole semester right now. Mother calls, screaming, wanting to know why. The, the, her, this girl says, your son hasn't logged on for eight weeks or something. The computer's in California. They sold the computer. They tracked the computer to California. And now, now the district has got to buy this given new computer. Okay. She said, the computer got stolen. My computer got stolen. It's in California. I, you know, what is happening with this? How much money is this all going to cost?
0: All right, so That's my question. Okay, Scott, so you're claiming that a teacher was giving a student Fs because they had literally never logged on to the computer?
1: Right, the whole semester. So so, can't get a hold of the family. Can't get a hold of these parents. They're not engaged.
0: All right, sounds, they are not
1: engaged with their children.
0: All right, <laughs> um, it's, that one's hard to take. I, I I highly doubt that a teacher would just fail a student who is just not logged on. Like maybe maybe they're incomplete there, but I think that they would have a teacher would get to the bottom of hey my t- my my student hasn't hasn't literally d- done anything <laughs> any of the work and maybe they did a couple of days and then the computer was stolen. Uh, it just sounds a little far fetched. But maybe, I mean, that would be the world's worst teacher. (laughs) Oh, the student hasn't logged on to any of the Zoom lessons ever? F, you're done. (laughs) We'll see you next year, maybe, virtually. Uh, I I doubt. I'm I'm pretty sure the teachers would would, uh, either, they would find a way to get a hold of the parents to see what the problem is, or the district would. Um, All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with the lacrosse teachers union president, and former Boston Celtic great after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608 785 7914. If you have any questions for the Lacrosse Teachers Union president, also 13 time NBA All Star over a 16 year career, eight time NBA champion, a finals MVP, 8 0 in NBA finals. Also, John, an Ohio State graduate who was drafted by both the Celtics and the Cleveland Browns, played a year at wide receiver for the Browns before deciding to go play this career with the Celtics, and you end up the all-time leading scorer, still the all-time leading scorer for Boston Celtics after retiring in 1978, and then you died in April of 2019, and here you are now, 23 years into a teaching career at Central High School teaching Spanish and the seven year president of the teachers union congratulations thank you it was a it was a long commute during those years <laughs> a long I'm commute from across. from uh from heaven or the other place
2: <laughs> that's an even longer
0: commute yeah um all right so just can you do this for your you're a Spanish teacher so just like do you do you have just kind of anything that you can reel off in Spanish <laughs>
2: Well, well we, we could we could do the whole interview in Spanish. Yeah, well, it.
0: we could do half the interview in Spanish. I would say like uh, you know, how, John, how in Spanish, John, how have teachers been doing since the uh since the pandemic?
2: Uh, es muy difícil. Tenemos que trabajar más en línea y trabajar en línea no es una cosa que que nos hemos preparado. Um, a mí no me gusta mucho porque prefiero la interacción. Entre personal, entre yo, entre yo y mis estudiantes.
0: Now, how come um isn't in Spanish? I heard it um in there. I recognize that.
2: <laughs> well, if you heard an um, that, that's bad Spanish on my part. They <laughs> um, actually would say, they have those same things. They say eh or em. Okay. Uh, so also, maybe sloppy Spanish on
0: my part. Also, and I'm going to forget, but why do chickens say ki, kiri, ki, ki, uh, oh, down there, and then here they say cock doodle doo I it feel like chickens don't speak Spanish or, or English. What's going on there?
2: Oh, they do. You'd be shocked. Um, yeah, roosters in, in other countries say kikiriki in Spanish-speaking countries. Uh, ducks say quack-quack. And uh, let's see what else. Dogs say guau-guau. And probably most interesting is that cows still say moo, but they spell it M-U. So it, it's out there.
0: So in Mexico, they're teaching their cows how to spell. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. They're so far and, ahead of us. You know,
2: I told my students one year, because the kids, of course, you know, I kind of joke with the kids about stuff like that. And they were like, my kid says, well, wait a minute, Rian, I went to Mexico. <laughs> And they didn't sound any different. And I said, well, where'd you go? And I, you know, the kid, you know, Cancun or Cosmo named some touristy place. And I said, well, sure. Because there's so many English speakers that they're probably bilingual. And the kid just goes, oh, okay. (laughs) And then everybody else is like, hold it. Wait a minute. That doesn't make any
0: sense either. You got to tell, you got to, kids are too gullible sometimes. (laughs) You got to you, you know what you do though you let it set for a while. I had a roommate that lived in a, in a in Alaska, literally Alaska, not on Alaska. Wow. And him and him and his friend, they were we were by the fire drinking beers or whatever and they were telling a story about how on night when when they were drinking beers in Alaska, they'd go out and take baseball bats to the penguins and they just beat the what? beat the tar out of the penguins and they tell this elaborate story. And that was, and I was jaw dropped the whole time cuz these guys are like nature lovers to an extent. And I'm like, I can't believe. And then that was the end of the story. And then we went on with the night. But I was kind of like, and then for like two weeks, I just thought thought about how my friend would, you know, every once in a while, I'd be like, I can't believe you beat. And then one day I just said, it. I'm like, do you really? Like, I can't believe you guys would do that. And he goes, Rick, penguins don't live in Alaska. They're in Antarctica. And I was like, I can't. so for two weeks, he let me sit there and think how, you know, I felt so stupid. Anyway, and this is uh, this is great. That was a, a great conversation. Thanks for joining me, John. I'm glad we we cleared everything up. But, but okay, so so I kind of hinted to the audience we were going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, we we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, just a very brief, uninformed conversation. That's uh, usually how my conversations go with people <laughs> on the phone because we're both uninformed to an extent, and, and maybe I'm in, more uninformed than the caller but the the idea that since because of act 10 we had to have act 10 in Wisconsin we had to cut the teachers down the ben, the the lavish lifestyle that they were living all the benefits uh, you know corvettes ex, you know multiple sports cars and you know paid paid vacations the pension plan the summer's off. The way you teachers were living had to be cut yeah. down, off. I don't know if you cut it off at the knees or the waist. Where did Act 10 cut the teachers off after this, you know, <laughs> living it up for so long under uh, the taxpayers' diet?
2: Yeah, well, I had to sell my property in France. <laughs> yeah, I just wasn't able to maintain both. Um, no, you know, it was kind of funny because even, even when that, when that was happening, obviously I was already teaching for 15 years or so at that point. Um, you know it was ironic because the idea was that it was to save money. um at least that was kind of the most common reason. But then that same year, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in tax breaks for businesses were given and and there's a fair a fairly growing body of evidence that says that these these business tax breaks don't really do an awful lot. Um, except enrich the people that kind of own the businesses. Um, You know, if you look more recently with the, and again, I'm not an economist, right? So I'm going on what I read, but I do read a variety of stuff. That, you know, when that um, tax cut came through a couple years ago, you know, in the trillions of dollars at the federal level, the idea was that businesses would then, you know, give pay raises to their employees and hire more people and so on and so forth. And the broad consensus is the businesses did not give pay raises and did not hire more employees. They did stock buybacks, which means they paid more money to uh, the wealthier group of folks in our country um, that own the stocks. Uh, So that, that kind of stuff is the way it's sold. But it didn't doesn't really work out
0: that way. Well, you you, know. you didn't want to say it, John, but you're you're talking trickle down economics, and I'll just tell <laughs> you the trickle is still coming. It's only been a, like three or four years since those tax cuts. It's a trickle, John. So it's going to take. We're waiting. Reagan's trickle is coming soon, and then the you know so we're going to get that. You know, it's been a couple couple decades. That trickle is starting. You can start to see it, and then Trump's trickle will come. You know, in the years ahead, two thousand forty somewhere around there,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean you know in the end the the result uh, of that that piece of legislation um some of it was just petty um, and when they you know when different folks brought lawsuits on it, uh, I believe it was uh Judge Ko in Dane County said that you know just because something is political. Retribution uh, doesn't make it illegal. Um, you know, so things like, you know, forcing us to go through a certification vote every year, which we're in the middle of right now. Um, that's just a harassment move. You know, the Lacrosse Education Association will certify uh, at 99%. <laughs> um, all of us want to have our association. And even folks that are not members, typically vote yes (laughs) because they want us to do the work we're doing.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, So that was just a harassment move. Um, It's one more hoop to jump through, you know. And probably the biggest effect uh, is felt in the classroom. You know, there's a lot of research out there. And again, you know, please look it up Right as we're talking. Um, I don't just make this stuff up. Um, There's a lot of research that student achievement, um, and I'm not talking like test scores because we know that you know something like an act score or an sat score that is most strongly correlated to family income like and that's across decades of research across the entire world um standardized test scores are mostly most strongly correlated to to family income um but when we talk about real student achievement
0: that and who you're sitting next to those test what scores, that? that, that, and who you're sitting next to during do, doing those yeah, tests. Right. Scores. Right.
2: For some kids, maybe. Yeah. Um, but real achievement in terms of, um, are they progressing through the grades? Are they taking advanced placement courses? Are they taking, uh, challenging coursework? Are they, are they prepared to move on, uh, to the next level, whether that's from grade school to elementary, to middle or middle to higher or, or high school to college and so forth? Um, the, that there's the strongest correlation there is actually to to teacher uh well the strongest in school correlation is to teacher quality and teacher experience and teacher expertise and so what act 10 did is is everybody that was of an age to retire did and everybody that you know, just wasn't going to take it. wasn't going to put up with it. Got out of teaching, and so we had this huge exodus, and now we have a massive shortage of teachers. We can't hire enough teachers.
0: Yeah, and the, the, mm-hmm. and, and it so, wasn't too long ago we changed some of the rules, right? Like you did. You just needed to be to be a teacher. You, you almost had to have just enough experience in 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 something and a college degree, right? Like I I feel like I have a college degree, but I could. Can I figure out a way to be a teacher at this point?
2: Yeah, you know um, that has that has not hit the lacrosse district as much as some other districts, but it, it certainly has affected us. Yeah, they changed the rules, the licensing, and so forth, and made it easier to get into education. Um, which that's a real double edged thing, you know. If if someone has a biology degree whether it's 30 years ago, 20 years ago or 2 years ago.
1: That's half
2: of it. You could and you always could go back and get your education like other half <laughs> of the degree. Mm-hmm. And it would take you a couple of years. They have made that simpler in terms of you could basically take a kind of a one course in teaching methods, and then simply pass a biology proficiency sure. test. Yes, um, you know, in that example, and what that really ignores is that all that education stuff is pretty darn valuable because um, it's not just stand up and talk.
0: Yeah, and I, I, you know,
2: turn a page in a book, and and so that that creates a lot of turnover, and we, we call it churn where somebody is a mid-career person they come in as a second career and they last a year, or two years and then they realize like man, I am not prepared for this. Yeah. And they either get out or they go back and get like a much more traditional teaching degree.
0: Yeah, the idea that I have enough experience to let's just use journalism. I've been doing journalism sure. for like 15 more or more years. Uh, mm-hmm. and I could probably I could probably teach kids Uh, some degrees of journalism, but I wouldn't know how to teach kids journalism. Like I know how to do journalism and I could probably make kids, uh, you know, maybe, maybe in a real inefficient way, I could, I could get them to figure it out. But I mean, and that's just one Avenue. There's not really journalism classes in in the high school level. So it would be more like English or, or something Mm -hmm. like that. And me teaching English, like, I don't know how to teach English. Like what, how do I do that? So it's kind of funny to think about. A little nerve-wracking yeah. to think about, like, okay, you, you, here you go. Here's your class. Like, what? Uh, I don't know how to teach.
2: Right. And, it's you know, I mean, we all have a kind of an idea because we all, you know, sat in, in school as, as students and, and you know, maybe we've got kids and maybe we do some, some kind of teaching types of things in our other jobs, you know, where you're giving a presentation or you have to bring a, a subordinate up to speed on how I want you to do these things and stuff like that. Um, and so you can kind of get by with the real easy to teach, real motivated, like can get there on their own kind of kids.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but that's a, a pretty small subset of the students that we have.
0: Yeah. Motivated kids that want to learn. Good one.
2: <laughs> I'm sure they're all <laughs> well, you know, there. I don't but... want to go too pessimistic, but, but yeah, I mean, kids are all over the place. Right. And and so we want to reach all those students, and and that's the kind of preparation that you get in a, a teacher education program.
0: Right, and 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 an experienced teacher that's gone through that for years and years is going to figure yeah. out, is going to learn all the tricks. Um, all right, we're going to continue this conversation with Boston Celtics star slash Central Teachers <laughs> Spanish Central Spanish teaching star John Havlicek after the Scott's comment. The news coming up. Hi, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, give me a call. John Havlicek, the Central High School Spanish teacher, he's only been doing that for 23 years. And uh, he's also the Teachers Union president, the Lacrosse Education Association president for the last seven years. And I suppose you have some other titles too, John. Uh, we were talking a little bit about Act 10, and uh, just can you can you describe since you have lived through this you've survived mm-hmm. um, aside from selling your your land in France or your your second or third <laughs> home in, Fran- in France um, how how had how did Act Ten affect you as a teacher?
2: Well, I mean, so there's certainly the financial aspects, right? Um, but honestly, as important were the workplace uh, aspects. You know, um, I think if I phrased it like this, how many people think that employees should have no say in their work conditions? I think most people would go, well, no, that's kind of silly. I'm not saying we have no say. Our district is very good, honestly, about working with the teachers uh, and the other, other groups of employees. Our, our district is very good about that. Um, but the fact is, is that we used to talk about a lot more things because that was the law. And a lot of the things we talked about were the working conditions of the teachers, but you got to remember that that's the learning conditions of the students. So we used to talk about things like class size. And, you know, all the parents out there, do you want your kid to be one of 36? or 45, or do you want your kid to be one of 18 or 22? Now, again, um, you know, here in lacrosse, Crosse, uh, the community is super supportive, and we have kept a handle on class size. But that was one of the things that we used to be able to talk about, um, that we had to talk about, frankly, in, in negotiations. Um, so most of those things went away. And that can be a, a, a good and a bad, right? Um, if you look at somebody like, like uh, Racine and Kenosha, um, they had uh, some folks that were kind of anti-teacher. And they really, really were pretty, pretty hard on, on their teachers. And that certainly doesn't help them. You know, if you want to attract quality staff, um, that's not the way to do it. And if you read about, you know, there have been a lot of excellent uh, uh, articles and papers and 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 things done written about Act Ten. One of the the logic, one of the arguments, which was poor logic, was that by freeing up the district to not have to negotiate with the teachers so much and by uh, reducing our salaries and our retirement benefits and our health insurance and all those things, that that would somehow allow the district to attract and retain, um, you know, highly qualified staff. Like, really? Did anybody think that one through? Well, you know, we're gonna what if we said, okay, here's what we're gonna do. The Packers spend, I don't know, a hundred million dollars a year. And Aaron Rodgers probably gets <laughs> twenty five million of that, right? Yeah. We're gonna make the Packers operate on fifty million dollars a year because that will somehow produce a better team. Like really? I I don't think that works like that. And so you know, that's the way it was sold. And there's a little bit of a myth of that, uh, you know, everybody had a bad teacher. I get that. I get that.
0: I, I everybody had a bad had t- teacher. At least two. <laughs>
2: um, but you got to also remember um, that's that's subjective, right? Uh, the teacher that I thought was bad, the kids sitting next to me thought it was just great and loved class and loved the way that teacher did stuff.
0: Well, there's also the argument that as a as a 15 year old or an 8 year old, and you think back, man, that teacher was really bad. Well, yeah, you were a 15 year old. <laughs> you know, like what do you know anyway? <laughs> what do you know about it?
2: There is that, and and you know, teaching is you know, hey, I, I, don't get me wrong, every job is hard, right? And I've done a lot of different ones. Uh, every job has. As the things that are hard and the things that are easy and the things you enjoy and all that. Um, but teaching is pretty emotionally draining and it's physically draining. Um, Cause you just kind of go like crazy for, for, you know, 40 something weeks out of the year. And then you do some stuff in the summer, but not like you do in, you know, in August, in September or, or February. Um, the folks who can't do it, weed themselves out in the first five years Mm -hmm. uh nationally in the first five years something like 40 percent of uh teachers quit
0: i would have a i would have a hard time just remembering the names of the 20 kids (laughs) and then you're a spanish teacher so you probably give all the kids spanish names too so you got to remember two sets of names
2: and they do and every (laughs) once in a while the kids will kind of tease me like you know my english name (laughs) of course i do (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, but years later, I forget their English names, and I just remember their Spanish names
0: <laughs> right. Uh, we have a call here. Richard's calling in yeah. oh, and oh Richard man he he hung up one second before I was oh. gonna take. Richard, if you want to call back? go ahead. um, yeah, it, when we talk about like the 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 fact that I had two bad teachers, and I just remember stupid stuff that we we did in class, like one one teacher, we just read a book the whole time for like a couple <laughs> of weeks because uh, it was a big book, I think the Fountainhead was the book and then another teacher had us I just remember we did cross uh, word searches, not crossword puzzles, but word searches so and you think well Act 10 would weed those teachers out because they're not doing their job or something but I feel like uh, schools are just gonna are, are gonna weed those teachers out in general. We don't need to uh, the, the, the union's not gonna save a bad is the union gonna save a bad teacher?
2: no no unions protect all the teachers. Um, you know, I mean, we fight for, well, like you and I were talking about, just cause, um, things like that, that every employee should have. You know, nobody should be able to be fired on a whim and for some kind of arbitrary or, or capricious reason. And and those are the things that we fight for.
0: Um,
2: so, you know, yeah, do you have a lesson every once in a while that just clunks? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you get any of my, you know, former or current students in the audience, they might call in and go, "Oh yeah, Profane, I remember this or whatever." Right? <laughs> and does do teachers do make a mistake? Of course, I have. Everybody has. Um, but in the end, what happens is is the teachers that can that can handle it stay, and the ones that don't. Or can't they don't and administration is, is pretty good about weeding those out so if you've got some teacher who's just not doing the job um well ironically if you have some teacher 15 years ago that wasn't doing a good enough job um either the administration you know said you know you're going to have to improve or you're going to have to look elsewhere. Um, the union probably came in and said, "Okay, let's help this person improve."
0: Right? Yeah. Imagine that. Uh, like help somebody hey, a year and a half ago when I started this job, it was pretty bad at uh, doing this whole radio bit. I will admit, and now I'm amazing. No, I don't know if I'm amazing, but I'm a lot yeah. better than I was uh, two, yeah. two summers ago. And uh, yeah, the, the idea that I was getting help actually helped. Yeah, we're going to help him along, and, and we'll see where it goes. But you yeah. got to you got to get through the weeds. Um, the, you, you talked about you kind of glossed over this but the the idea here I think everyone just wants to save their tax money so we can't give teachers we can't be giving teachers pensions and lavish health insurance and all the giant salaries that I'm sure you're making um and you, yeah. you kind of said well act 10 you know the, you know the 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 monetary benefits of act 10 but mm-hmm. but i I, I've, I always laugh at the idea that that first of all I don't think you're you're pulling in a hundred $75,000 a year and and uh, you know maybe with benefits I don't know but like the idea that we we can't get everyone on par if if the teacher salary and benefits are the goal and we instead of cutting teachers off with act 10 maybe we should enact some other act <laughs> where all workers are to at least the level of teachers like can we get all workers there where all workers have, uh, you know, health insurance plan. All workers have a pension. Yep. Um, I don't know. It just seems a, a crazy idea. Maybe we bring workers up instead of cutting workers down.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, one hundred seventy five thousand. Um, <laughs> that that's more than double what I make. Okay. Um, so yeah, you know, one logic, one line of thought, I guess, is to just. Cut us down to what the regular, some other folk, folks have. Okay, but how about we lift everybody else up so that they have the same things? You know, you and I were talking like, you know, in lacrosse we have just cause. That does not mean I can't be fired. I do not have tenure. No teacher, no public school K-12 teacher in Wisconsin has ever had tenure. We have just cause, um, which means that if, if, the, if an administrator wants to, to uh, let go a teacher, to fire a teacher, they have to show me what I'm doing wrong, and give me a chance to remedy that. That's it. And typically, the union would step in and go, "Let's make sure we're clear on what the teacher's doing wrong, and then give us time to help this teacher remedy it." Um, everybody should have just cause. Everybody should have health care that they can afford. Everybody should have a pension. You know, I'm not an economist, okay, and I I don't claim to be. I I read a lot, um, and I think I usually understand what I read. Um, But, like, I have the Wisconsin retirement system. That's public employees are in the Wisconsin retirement system. And that came about, I don't know, 50, 60 years ago because private sector employers offered their employees pensions. So then the public sector employees, somebody was a genius back in the day, said, we need to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. They did. And what has happened is that private sector employers have quit offering pensions. They're still making money more than ever before, but they're not offering pensions. So where is that money going? Well, it's not going to anybody that I know. It's not going to too many people that live in this area. I don't expect it's going to the hyper wealthy, and so you know there's a reason that uh, Jeff Bezos, right? Somebody I thought I saw he's worth over a hundred billion dollars. That's, that's I, I, it's hard to even understand what that number means.
0: I think he's I think he's he's getting to the trillion mark. Uh, honestly, I've, I've read that. I think it's a competition among them guys. First one to a trillion. Yeah,
2: yeah, and. There's a reason that every time uh, Amazon or some of these other places try to unionize, he shut that down. You know, the, the Walton heirs that own Walmart, um, they've even gone so far as to close stores that the employees were trying to unionize. Um, and you just had it again. I don't know if you followed this up in Minneapolis, the Surly Brewing Company. Yep. Uh, their brew house or whatever we could go and get a drink and something to eat, whatever they call that, that tap house or something. I'm not sure. Um, I just read that they were trying to unionize and, and I don't know this, right? The company denies it. So fair enough. But um, like a week, a-, a week after the employees announced their intent to unionize, um, they laid them all off. And so, um, you know, to the listeners out there, I would say, organize. Even if you don't formally unionize, organize.
0: Call me as a state. We could just do it as a state. Uh, the okay. entire state can get on the same. Uh, let's get on. Uh, then we yeah. are, we're all feeding the same plant. I feel like it, yeah. it would work
2: if everybody was on the WRS with the same rules that I have, where you have to contribute, <laughs> your employer has to contribute half, and all the different rules, right? Because the hardest thing about about a uh, saving for retirement. They always tell you pay yourself first, but you don't. You pay your electric bill and your rent or your mortgage. You pay all those things first. And you don't have any money left. If this comes out of your paycheck, so you never even see it. You don't. You can't stop it. <laughs> so the discipline that that most of us lack, the system um, supplies, and that's like one of the top retirement systems in the country. You know, it's ninety nine point nine percent funded, and the whole bit. And I would say, geez, you know, let those folks that the small business owners, or the independent contractors, or the the farmers, get them into the WRS that they've got a pension too, so that they can retire before they before they go to the grave, and and they can you know have have some years uh, in retirement.
0: Uh, before we send you to the grave, Eric from Sparta is calling in. Uh, Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah.
2: Yes. Since I was a little boy, my mother told me that the
0: union will be the
2: damnation of this country. And the Act 10 was the greatest thing ever happened because the teachers union don't deserve money that they don't deserve. They protect stupid teachers from being fired, and they want all you guys want to do is want to get rid of charter schools because you hate competition because you don't have any competition. And Act 10, the reason Act 10 was because Governor Walker says teachers don't deserve cradle to grave benefits. Or, uh incompetence, when it's competition to get them, this is a capitalist country. Do you understand? Is not a communist or a unionist country? It's is it a capitalist country? Do you understand that?
0: All right, go ahead, John. I'll let you finish off, and then I got to. I got to go.
2: Sure. Uh, <laughs> well, union membership back in the '40s and '50s was like 30 or 40 percent in our country, and we weren't a communist country back in the '40s and '50s. Um. And as far as charter schools go, the idea of a competition between your public schools and your charter schools isn't isn't like that. It, it isn't to produce a better learning kid. It's a competition over the money, and the we have excellent charter schools here in La Crosse. They are operated by our La Crosse Public School District, and they offer an outstanding education. And our teachers' union. We don't fight that at all. We support that 100% because we have input, and we know that those are highly trained teachers in those schools. Where we haven't really liked the charter school thing is those privately managed charter schools. Um, The public doesn't have any say, um, so they're very anti-democratic. There are no quality controls. Um, So when the, the caller mentioned incompetent teachers. I'm not saying that anybody who teaches in a charter school is incompetent. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is they don't have the quality controls. So then they, a lot of those private charter schools, they hire just about anybody to do just about anything. And I would encourage the caller and anybody else to look up uh, the K-12 online. Is actually the, the company. Um, they were so bad that they had – Graduation rates in Ohio and Florida of less than 10%. And the NCAA Division III, um, like accreditation, they started to quit recognizing some of the credits from the K-12 online schools in Florida and Ohio because these kids got diplomas that meant absolutely nothing.
0: All right, John, that's all the time I got. Thanks a lot for joining me this hour. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. As always, have a good evening. You too. All right, we're going to, that's it. That's all the time we got. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back tomorrow.